Hi, I'm Associate Pastor Ryan French, and we're so glad you're listening to the Apostolic Tabernacle Church podcast. We hope this teaching and preaching resource is a blessing. We'd love to pray for you. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, you can do so by visiting our website, www.aptabupc.com. Just click the prayer request tab in the menu. You can also support this ministry with an offering at the website as well, or by texting the word GIVE to 678-846-6522. Again, that's 678-846-6522. If you live in the Atlanta area, we'd be honored to see you in one of our services. We'll invite you right into our church family and make you feel right at home. Tonight I want to talk about how miraculous the work of God is. And I'm entitling it God's Miracle Intervention. And 1 Peter 5 and 7, if you have it there, if you would look at it with me, cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Could we bow our heads and let's pray and ask the Lord to bless his word to our heart tonight. Father, we thank you because your word is true. I ask God that you would speak to us. I feel especially tonight that in the time that's about us all around us, people are depressed. Lord, people are sick. We're seeing things that many in the world have never seen before. And some are fearful of what the future may bring. But we know that you hold it all in your hands and that you are a mighty and great God and you care for us. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated. We're going to uh, get right into the lesson. I don't know if you can see that picture. That's a, uh, that's a photo reenacting of the, of the man with the palsy let down through the roof and Jesus healed him. Okay. <clears throat> now the word intervene means to come between. To intervene is a English word that means to come between. So God comes between your, uh, you and your problem. God gets in the middle, and how many ever had God, has anybody here ever been healed or touched by the hand of God? All right, so he intervenes, and the most radical proof of God's love ever displayed was the life of Jesus and the ministry of miracles that he performed, just like the picture that's right here. I don't know where the picture comes. I didn't ask where that picture come from. I just used it. All right. People were healed in, in droves. In other words, it, it, the Bible even says if all of the miracles were recorded, John says this in chapter 20, if, if all the miracles were recorded, uh, all the volumes and all the libraries and so on. In other words, if you really sat down and, and begin to write it out, there's no room for it in all of, of, of writing. So they were healed everywhere. The hungry who followed him were fed by multiplying the little that they had. Anybody remember hearing about the miracle of the, of the, of the bread and the fish? Anybody hear about that miracle? They, they had a very little. How many knows that God can take a little, little as much when God is in it? And he can take the little and he can, he can cause it to, to, to do what it needs to do. And so when God gets done, now here's what I want to tell you tonight. When God gets done with us, whatever little we have, God can make it everything that we need. Hallelujah. Any of you remember the old song years ago? Of course, I'm young. You can tell that. But uh, when I was younger, we used to sing, um, and Sister French is not here tonight because she's uh, unable to be here, but... Um, <clears throat> We used to sing the song. If she were here, I could try to remember. I'd just look over there and I'd remember the song. But um, she, we used to sing the song, He's All I Need. Remember that? He's all I need. 
because I started off too high. See, if she were here, I wouldn't have started off too high. He's all I need. Jesus is all. Has anybody believed that here tonight? Wherever you are, we got folks listening all over online. He's everything that I need, no matter what it is. Now, someone said, what, what is, listen, a billion dollars is not enough for some billionaires. It doesn't satisfy. All the drugs in the world is not enough to satisfy some drug addicts. But Jesus is all that I need. Hallelujah. He's everything to me. So you surely must know that if he cared for the sparrow, then he cares for you. He said, cast all your care upon him. Let's lift our hands and say, Father, I want to cast all of my concern and my care upon you because you care for me. And I thank you for it. Jesus said, consider the lilies. Everybody say that with me. Consider the lilies. That's a quote, at least from the English, the English translation of his words. Consider the lilies. He said, remember the sparrow. Every sparrow that falls is to remind us that God cares for us. Now, we'll only have opportunity here to look at some lessons in the Old Testament. I want to look at miracle intervention. When you have a need, God can intervene. I believe this with all my heart. I believe it tonight that God has done a miracle in some of our families this week. It looked like it was going the wrong way. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost began to work. In fact, I, I can, I, I, I'm going to get a, up on one of the miracles because <coughs> when the jinx get back, they're going to tell all these miracles. I won't have a chance. But, <coughs> Lord, you do not want me to tell it? No, just kidding. I shouldn't be having a cough drop and getting excited. <laughs> but I, I thought, Lord, I need, Lord, I felt like I needed the cough drop. All right. So they, they go in, and they couldn't get the medicine they needed. So they said, oh, oh, we don't know what to do. So we're going to give you all these other things. And so they gave her the, all this stuff to, uh, to keep her from having an allergic reaction to the medicine they were going to give her. And then when they got her into the hospital, finally, they came back and they said, you know, ma'am, you're not going to believe this, but the medicine that we needed to give you to, to take care of the COVID before you got it, that was in the medicines that we didn't even know that was part of the medicine. So God was taking care of it when the doctors didn't even know what was happening. They didn't even realize. I want to tell you, God is able to do it. Hallelujah. Now, um, you know, if God, uh, how many knows that God can do anything whatever way he wants to do it? You know, he can make fire cold. <laughs> Some of you don't, you don't believe this. You don't believe a word I'm saying. Uh, he can make the impossible to happen because he's God. And so we trust him. So, so it is. His power uh, works in our lives. So we, we're going to only look at the Old Testament, Old Testament miracles and uh, how God provided for prophets and so on. God opens uh, the doors. His power opens the eyes of the searching soul. And so as we look at the miracles here, a few of them, just in a few moments here, not a lot. I, I know this isn't uh, the manger and so on, but I want to talk about how God intervenes on our behalf when you say, well, am I worthy or am I good enough? And so on. No, no, my friend, you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be worthy of everything. God does it because he loves us and then it turns our heart to him. And then we become more and more like him. Can we just love him one more time? Father, thank you for making us in your image, helping us to be more and more like you. Praise God. John tells us in chapter 6 the, that the men who handed out the food 
and gathered the fragments when they fed the thousands that they, they, the fragments that were left over from the two fish and the five loaves, which was basically a little boy's lunch. And I'm quoting now from the King James. Then these men, when they had seen the miracle, when they had seen the miracle, they said that Jesus truly is the Messiah. Anybody thankful that God did something for you that helped you to know who he really was? <laughs> Hallelujah. And so it was when they fed when they fed the thousands and they saw all that food left over. Now, let's go to the next slide and let's begin. Well, <clears throat> Uh, we're not going to begin. <laughs> I'm going to look at five individuals, all right? So first I want to say, if, uh, if God said he cares for us, then he's caring for us. Can you say praise the Lord? He's caring for us. You say, well, why are you wearing a mask? Or why are you not shaking hands? Or why are you washing your hands? Hey, folks, uh, <laughs> uh, just because I wash my hands doesn't mean I don't have any faith. Because you see, to not wash my hands is to be a dumbbell. You see, to not wash my hands. Let's say I just went around and had dirt all over myself. Anybody be proud of me if I was here tonight and I had rips in my clothes and I, I mean, that'd be indecent, but you know what I'm saying. And, and my hands were dirty and grimy and I had food on the side of my mouth. Nobody would be proud of a preacher that did that. I don't, I don't have to clean myself up because, because God's demanding me to do it. But what we do in order to, someone said, well, if you're careful, what if someone said, now don't go in that room because in that room there's a, there's a disease that will kill you the minute you open the door. Wouldn't you be rather idiotic if you opened the door and walked into that room? That's called using your brain. If you have a brain, I, I don't mean if, I'm sorry, you have a brain, Sister French, I could hear Sister French saying, no, no, don't say that. All right, you have a brain. And so they say, if you, what, let's say, for example, here's, I was at the Empire State Building. And they said, sir, you can step over to this right, right here and look down. I said, no, I can't. And they said, no, no, you can. You can step to this line and you can look down. I said, no, ma'am, I can't. I was at the CN Tower, and they have a glass floor that's two feet thick. And I got up there, and I froze to the wall. I tried to act brave like this. And they said, it's okay. The floor is two-foot glass. You can step out on it. And, of course, when you do, you look down, and the people look like little ants. And I mean, I couldn't move. I couldn't move a muscle. It, it was just, it was, <laughs> it, it just wasn't going to happen. You say, well, you're revealing something, Brother French. Yes, that I'm scared to death of heights. Someone said, well, we're going to go, are you going to go parachuting with us? And I said, no. They said, well, but it's perfectly safe. Are you, do you think you'd like to go? No. Well, would you like to think about it? No. I'm not going parachuting with anybody because I don't want to jump out of a plane. Someone said, well, it'll show how tough you are and how brave you are. I, I can show that with uh, down here around the kitchen table. I'm not going to jump out of a plane to prove to you how brave I am. I'll tell you right now, I'm not brave enough to jump out of that plane. I can tell you that right now. Now, if I had to, 
If Sister French were in trouble and we had to get the medicine and then I could jump right out of there, that'd be different. But praise God, that's never happened. I've never had a hospital say, Reverend, we need you to go to the Amazon and get the medicine. You've got a parachute out of the plane. If they ever do, I'm doing it. But until then, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it with you or your dog or your cat or anybody. I'm not jumping out of planes because I have a brain. Now, some people say it's so easy. There's nothing to it. Just walk out there. It looks like glass. You can't hurt yourself. The fact of the matter is, God works on our behalf, not because we're so brave and we're so capable, but because he cares for us. He cares for us. That's why I don't understand people that don't, certain people, the wrong color or whatever, they don't, they're, they're full of this idea that other people are not good enough for them. If they're good enough for Jesus, they're good enough for me. Hallelujah. And so what I'm doing with my life is I'm trusting God and I'm believing that he cares for me and he cares for you. And I know that he does. Someone said, I don't believe God will help me. God will help you. I've had people say, God's not going to help me. Now, I don't believe God just heals everybody. I don't believe that. Someone said, oh, God heals anybody ever. No, I don't believe that. He heals who he chooses to heal. Let me look around and see who's here. So I've had a son that said, uh, well, he, he's here. I can't say that. Uh, well, I can't say any of that. So I've had a son with cancer. And I ask every day for three years, Lord, why does that boy have cancer? I do not understand that. Two years old. When your two-year-old has cancer, you have lots of questions. But I know one thing. God took care of him. God takes care of us. And it's not because he did it what I wanted. He just took care of him. You say, well, why do you have to go through all that and take the chemo and, and all the way? I don't know. But I know one thing. God took care of him. Hallelujah. Can we just love the Lord one more time? He takes care of us. So to build faith, I want to, uh, <clears throat> to look at five men of God who changed their circumstances through divine intervention. If you don't believe in divine intervention, then you're missing something very, very important. Now, someone told me that every time they fly, they saw an angel on the wing of the airplane. I said, you, you need to see a doctor. You don't, there's not an angel on that wing every time you get in there. And, and then they were telling me how they played chess out there. No, no, no. Angels don't play chess on the wings of airplanes. So you're sick and you need to talk to someone about why you're seeing angels out on the wings of airplanes. But I know, I know one thing. So that's not even a funny story. What I'm trying to tell you is that while people may think everything that has to do with faith is ridiculous, I am telling you that if you needed to, if you needed to, you could do the impossible. Hallelujah. You could walk out and God would take care of you in the midst of the most impossible circumstance. And that's what happened. Four, five men, Moses, Joshua, Elijah, Elisha, and Daniel. You say, Brother Finch, you'll never get to all that. Well, I believe. I, I believe in God. Hallelujah. Now, these Old Testament believers saw miracles. Now, notice I'm not talking about all the hundreds of miracles in the New Testament. Miracles showed uh, that God was caring for these individuals. And we can believe in God's miraculous care on our behalf. We can trust God. And he, inter he inter uh, intervened through David for Israel in fighting Goliath. How many knows that David would not have defeated Goliath if God had not given him the power to do it? Here's what a lot of people do. They get, a, they get real spiritual, and then they start claiming credit for it. 
You don't need credit for what God does. And when you claim credit for what God does, you're in serious trouble. You say, well, I'm just, I'm just super spiritual. Well, you need to quit claiming credit for what God does. God's the miracle worker. He may do it through you, and I hope he does. But, but if we will give God the glory, hallelujah, give him the glory, then God will continue to do great things. So he defeated Goliath. Now, this picture, we'll come back to that. I'm almost done. We'll go past this. Um, so we know David did not do this on his own. He said to the, he said to the giant, I come to you in what? The name of the Lord. All right? He knew that it was God doing what was taking place. Even a boy and a sling. You say, well, that was a sling and a stone. Well, yes, but God is the one that empowered him to be able to do it. And that was the secret of his having a heart after God. Does everyone know that David had a heart, uh, was a man after God's own heart? And, and the secret was that he knew how to give God the glory. Praise God. Let's say you need a miracle and you're not receiving it. How many of you should still praise God? Folks, I pray for sick people every single day. And, and, and he doesn't always heal them immediately. Many times he does. Sometimes he does things that are awesome. But I don't walk away and say, oh, oh God, you didn't heal him instantly. It'd be like taking your oatmeal and you're going to, you know, the kind, the best kind is that you put in the microwave. And so I'm just kidding. But like, I don't like oatmeal you, you put in the, I mean, grits that you put in a microwave. I like it boiled and stirred and buttered up and you know what I mean? Now the microwave kind, I'm not trying to put them out of business. I doubt this sermon's going to put any of them out of business, but it's not my favorite. If, if they cooked it and then froze it and then they chopped it up and they put it in a bag and then I'm supposed to put water in it and bring it back to life, that's not my favorite grits. I prefer to, but what if I went to the microwave and I was all angry because it wasn't, it wasn't coming to life fast enough, you see. Wouldn't it be crazy if you, if you put the seeds in the ground and, and you're fussing all the time because there's no flower come up yet. And you could say, but it, it's impossible. That flower has to have a little time. And uh, that's how that works. And yet we become impatient with God. And I want to tell you why it's selfishness because God can do whatever he wants to do. If he wants to wait, if he wants to do it now, because I trust God, he cares for me. You know, there are people that will never be happy because someone has a billion dollars and they don't have the billion dollars. It's absolute uh, sad. It's absolutely sad. But David knew what God's heart was. And that was to give God glory. Hallelujah. As a boy, he said, I want God's army, that is the armies of the living God, to defeat the enemies of God. So he was, on, he, he was doing what God wants. Does anybody here want to do what God wants you to do? That's how. So verse 37 of 1 Samuel 17 says, David said moreover to Saul, that is, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear... I kind of like that out of the paw. I'd rather be delivered out of the mouth. But anyway, out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. So 
We've got to believe that God, the God that delivered me back then, can do it again tonight. The God, anybody ever been helped by the hand of God? Praise God. Praise God. So we're trusting God. All right. So all of this with David foreshadows the Holy Ghost in our lives. Anybody have the Holy Ghost here tonight? Spoken tongues. Remember, the lion was a nuisance and the bear was a nuisance. But God was using those difficulties. Could we just thank God right now? Let's just thank God for every circumstance. Lord, I don't understand everything that's going on in my life. I don't understand why we're even in a pandemic like this, except I believe it's a sign that we're at the end of time. I do believe that. You said as much, and I thank you for it. But Lord, I pray that we will remember that whatever's happening to me now, you care about me, and you're with me. So God was preparing David. God knew his heart because it was like his. If you become like the Lord, amazing things begin to happen the more you are like jesus now uh, okay oh 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 you're saying it's christmas he won't say that it's almost christmas no i'm gonna say it <laughs> sister french is not here folks you are not protected you cannot get more like jesus sucking down hours and hours of television i'm just telling you it's not possible you can't get more and more like the world and ungodly every day and be more like Jesus. The only way to get more like Jesus is to become more and more godly. That's how you become like Jesus. Too many times we cause the lion, we curse the lion, and we become irritated at the lion or the bear, but God knows what is best for us. And in the killing of the lion, he was prepared for the great victory for Israel. Now, let's go to the next slide. This is a slide. This, this painting is a fairly recent one done by a Jewish uh, artist. It doesn't matter who it is. But it's, it's a recent. So it's a, I used it because I wanted to. It's got a lot of color in it. There are hundreds of pictures of the crossing of the Red Sea. So <clears throat> there are five uh, proofs in Old Testament leaders that God intervened on their behalf and he, God will intervene for us. Can you say praise the Lord? And we're going to start with Moses. Now I'm going to go through the five. Everybody say five. All right, I'm going to go through the five. Numerous miracles were connected to Moses who led Israel out of Egypt. Number one, he called <clears throat> 10 plagues upon Egypt, the frogs and the light, all the things that he did. And it demonstrated the, this one I'm talking about. Now I'm, I'm working my way to what I each time what I consider to be the most well-known intervention. Does anybody ever you, you're talking to someone you feel the Holy Ghost and you just want to tell them about something that happened in your life? I, I I'm going to tell you I've got time. every once in a while one to come up in my mind like oh wait oh wait no, oh oh and and they won't stop talking. I I want to tell oh. And, oh, and then they're wait a minute. I want to tell the God did this for me. Hallelujah. I want you to hear what God, it was a miracle. Oh, hallelujah. When I get to thinking about, we used to sing that song. When I think of, um, oh, I can't think of that one either. Uh, I can think of the words. When I think of his goodness and what he's done for me. And when I think it's got this real staccato kind of sound effect to it. When I think of the goodness and what he's done for me. It's that kind of a song. Man, I can tell Sister Finch is not here. Okay, now, 
So 10 plagues came upon Egypt. Number two, he in the wilderness, he called manna from heaven to feed them every morning. So he demonstrated that God supplies our every need. Does anybody have a need here? God supplies every need. Number three, in the desert, the dryness of the desert, Moses smote the rock because God told him to. Now, how, how interesting that is to smite that rock right there. He was obedient. Here's what we do now in America. God says, smite that rock. And we say, well, I have an education. And I have no reason to smite that rock. Why would I want to smite that rock? Well, because I'm God and you're, I created you. You were just a hunk of mud. Yes, but why would I want to smite that? See, this is what we do. We argue with God. We turn our backs on God. And then we wonder why we don't have miracles. You want a miracle? Do what God tells you to do. Obey God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he smote the rock and what happened? Water began to gush forth out of the rock. Let's love him one more. Let's praise God for a moment. The water began to pour forth. Number four, in number 16, the Bible says, Numbers chapter 16, Korah exemplified Satan by rebelling against Moses. He, he, they rebelled against God's will and, and those he placed in that will. In other words, uh, they wanted it their way, and God said, you, you're not. Someone said, well, God doesn't care about those things. If I want to be full of meanness and someone, uh, God notices those things. So Korah said, we don't like it. And 250 princes, you read it, number 16, 250 princes said, we don't like Moses. He's getting old. He got that white hair. And that sounded all real important, you know, when you say 250 princes are on my side. That's what they were doing. But what really was going on is Korah wanted more credit than he was due. He wanted praise. For himself and he wanted to take it he thought Moses was getting way too much attention you know folks we need to get past this business of who's getting credit and who's getting the attention it ought to be given to God all the attention and all the credit ought to go to God so Moses uh, he said you got you got to get out of my way because I'm up and coming and I went to Harvard so what happened God intervened the evil that was in Korah was demonstrated in God's power. And here's what the Bible said happened. Just as at that moment when God got ready, I don't, I, I don't even know if I've ever preached this before. I've taught it, but I've never preached it. Uh, verse 32 says, the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed them up. That's the only thing I fear more than the Empire State. No, I'm just kidding. But the idea of just walking along and falling off into an abyss is a very sad thing. But what it demonstrated to us is that God protects us even from evil enemies. Someone said, well, why don't you give them a tongue? Have you ever heard this? I've been hearing this lately. People say, you ought to give them a tongue lashing, which I've always thought was a weird expression. I'm not, if, you, if your mama said that, I'm not, I'm not mad at her. My mama said, <laughs> but, uh, but they, I mean, they were telling me that I ought to give these folks a tongue lashing, which was a way, I mean, it's weird to me. Why would I want to lash somebody with my tongue? But uh, I get it, though, that what they mean is you ought to, you ought to unload on them. 
which of course is exactly wrong. When you feel like someone's done you wrong is when you need to step back and say, Lord, you need to fight my battle here. You need to fight my battle. Because <laughs> how many knows God can handle any battle? <laughs> he, he knows all about it. I don't mean someone's doing wrong. You need to step up and say, my brother, that's wrong. You need to, you need to stand for righteousness. If people are ungodly, you need to preach against what is ungodly. And I am not afraid to do that. But I do not believe God called me to try to tear people to pieces. Just go and tearing people to pieces like they have no value whatsoever. God protects us from those, and we can step back and say, I want to see the salvation of the Lord. And that, of course, leads us to the most famous of Moses' miracles. And here's a picture <clears throat> rendering it here that took place at the Red Sea. God delivers us. You may sometimes fear that some problems are too big for God or that some are too powerful for God, but God has never met his match. God has never seen a pandemic that he could not control. The powerful, most powerful man in the world thought that God's people were insignificant. Pharaoh had his own gods, but they were no gods at all. God was still God. The more God demonstrated his power, the more angry Pharaoh became. So God obliterated the entire army. They kept coming. They kept coming. How ridiculous after your own son has died in the Passover that you would chase after the very people of God that brought that judgment upon your home. Now, I understand he would be angry. And I understand he was spoiled rotten from the day he was born. But I tell you right now, no Pharaoh has the power of my God. God will intervene in the my behalf, no matter what it is. Hallelujah. And when Cain was murdered by his own brother, the Bible said that his blood cried out from the earth. Hallelujah. Does anybody know that God's always on time? Could you just praise him for it right now? God is always on time. Remember, God has intervened in human history in order to shape the course of future events. This is what he is about to do when he splits the eastern sky and takes the church home. And the question is, are you ready? Now let's go to the next slide. We're coming now to our second leader, which is Joshua. He miraculously crossed the Jordan River with the Ark of the Covenant. Now it is very important that we not try to go forward in this church without the will of God in our lives. Could we just bow our heads and let's ask God to give us a burden to carry into the future the very Ark of God and the holy things of God. Lord, I thank you for it. Remember, saints of God, that they were entering the promise land and this event now this uh well you figured the picture out that's not an old picture that's a brand new picture i've never used it but i thought let's give it a try all right so joshua paralleled moses who went through the red sea but this was a very unique thing how many remembers the difference okay now folks we're going to be done before you know it so in in the in the crossing the Red Sea, he got the the staff and the winds begin to blow and so on. But at the Jordan River, which of course is much way 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 much smaller, God wanted to demonstrate that what He had done for Moses, He could do for Joshua, 
And so he said, I want you to tell the priest to get the ark and I want them to put their feet. And when their feet touch the water, you know what he was doing? He was demonstrating the power and the value of the ministry in the coming kingdom. The importance of ministry. This is why it's a sad thing that so many people in ministry, especially these TV guys, it's all about money. It's all about offerings. It's all about what they've got. It's all about how they look. It's all about prestige. I want to tell you, my friend, it's all about Jesus. It is not about me and it is not about you. It is about Jesus. That's why the church is having revival. Now, so so God was demonstrating this in Joshua, but Joshua's most noted miracle of intervention was the fall of the walls of Jericho. Now, don't get me going on this. Don't get me going. So they were coming against the very heart of the evil of the Canaanite world. The, the amazing feature in God's intervention is that no miracle will take place if it is not in God's will. He does not perform miracles that are not in his will. And therefore, he can say how it will come about. And so he says, you got to walk around the walls of a city. Sounds a little weird, but God said, that's what you must do. You must obey me seven times. I went, that was a pretty big city. And they're marching around. And when they get done, how are you going to defeat this great army with this massive wall? I, 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 one of the, there's so many different uh, archaeological studies about the walls of Jericho. That what What's interesting to me is how did they go through the walls? And, uh, and of course, they didn't go through the walls, so what, where'd the walls go? Uh, did they crumble down? And, you know, like, how many, remember that old song, the Joshua fit the bed on Jericho, and, and, and the walls came a-tumbling down. Well, that would, in, that would imply then that when they, when they came down, they crumbled, and then they walked across the crumble. So that's very, very possible. So the entire walls crumbled. But these walls, the Bible says, if you'll notice, and I'm trying to, I want to get off this, the Hebrew word is takath, which is very, very interesting that it, it literally means uh, uh, under or beneath. The takath in Hebrew means under or beneath. So there's no doubt about this. So the walls fell and and so it's always translated. Is anybody with me? Anybody care what the Bible says? Can you think about it for just about two seconds? All right. So almost all translations in English, and there's lots of them. We need, we need more translations because we can't read the 200 in English now. We got to have another one that helps me understand it better. And so there's going to be probably three or 400 before it's over with. And so, and some of them don't sell but five Bibles. Or 10 Bibles. I mean, why, why spend all that time translating a Bible and five people read it? If you look at the thing and they show how many people are buying, there's the King James. Woo! Millions! Here's the latest one, the DWQ or whatever it's called. <coughs> so you can see. <coughs> you know what? I, I'm going to probably have to get a bottle of water. I just, it's my way my voice is going. Um, it's been this way all day. Um, a cough drop would be good, but Sister French already knows I had one, and, and, and so I've, I've been found out. All right, so um, uh, so you, you look at the, this new translation, and, and they say, here's how many, and you know, here's on a graph, 
you know, the thickness of the line tells you how many people are reading that Bible or bought that Bible. You know, here's the NIV. It's about 19% and it's about like that. King James about like that. Here's the NIV. And then you get to the QQQQ Bible and it's so thin that you have to say, honey, is that a line or did you, your hair fall on that graph? They're, they're, oh, thank you. <clears throat> All of you knew, but you didn't want to give it away that he had brought that water there. Okay, now, folks, we only need a few more minutes. We're not, we're not in it for the night, okay? So the, the, the Hebrew word means to fall under. So many scholars have questioned what this means, and, I, and I'm not suggesting that I, that I know exactly what it means, but I'm going to tell you one possibility. For the Hebrew to say that the walls, now the King James says it fell flat, and most go with that because tekath uh, can mean to, to flatten. The question is, if, I mean, okay, let's talk about this. All right, let's say that the walls are 12 feet high. Or let's say 15 feet high. I, I've read all kinds of archaeological estimates of how high it was. That's pretty high. If you're like me and you're slightly under seven feet. Uh, and so then, and there's that 15 foot wall. But then you have to account how thick the walls were. And the walls were... F <laughs> oh, oh, wait, we're on film. What am I doing? We're, wait, folks, I'm sorry. We're on. Everyone say praise the Lord. All right. We're 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 uh, online here. I'm used to the old way. <laughs> we can just do sit where we want to sit. Um, OK, if anyone has more water, please bring it. I'm just, no, I'm just that is so good. That's very cold and wonderful. <clears throat> so uh, if it's if it's let's say it's 20 feet tall, it, probably wasn't that tall but let's say it was that's pretty tall and it was 14 feet thick if it fell flat you'd still have a 14 foot wall how would you get over it well see that didn't that's not what happened so it doesn't mean that it fell over and just landed like plop okay that didn't happen now it might have crumbled even though it doesn't say the NIV and uh, two or three will translate it collapse and I think it did collapse the question is why does it say it went takath? It fell under. And I've often wondered if, and I, I might ought to turn the mic off to even, even say it, because some people are going to say, that guy's right way out there. I've often wondered, is it in order for God to defeat that enemy, he knew either he had to obliterate the wall so it was just like dust, or he had to cause that wall to fall underneath itself like it began to go into the ground so that they just jumped over it i want to tell you whatever god needs to do he knows how to do it you say i don't know someone will say i don't know and, and i'm not making fun of it okay i'm just i'm just kind of wound up but i've had people say i don't know how i'm gonna god's gonna do it you know and I'm, I, I'm not making fun of that. I, I, I sympathize with it. I, I agree. I don't know how God's going to do it. But I know God can do it. <laughs> hallelujah. 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 So Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Everybody say praise the Lord. So an amazing thing happened is that the walls fell. So... 
the devil's false security, which kept that enemy in those walls, was the devil's greatest nightmare. Because God will be with his people no matter what it takes. No matter what he's got to do. Now, so let's, let's conclude here. Let's go, let's go to the final three. Elijah. Everybody say Elijah. So here we are. This is a, uh, I don't know where this, I have no idea who did this picture. I just found it. I liked it. So <clears throat> just consider the amazing examples of God's intervention in the prophet's ministry as he faced off Ahab and Jezebel. These two backslidden, one a Hebrew king and the other a princess of the king of Sidon. Ethbaal was his name. Her father was one of the most notorious worshipers of Baal and paganism in the ancient world. And she was one of the most evil women of all time. But in extraordinary times, God does extraordinary things to intervene for his people. He knows how to intervene. The first biblical uh, thing that God did was the resurrection of the, <clears throat> the son of the widow at Zarephath in 1 Kings 17. In other words, that was the very first resurrection of a dead person in the entire Bible. So God, in order to demonstrate his power through Elijah, raised someone from the dead, pointing to Christ coming and what would happen when Jesus comes. Jesus makes it look easy, but it had never happened until the time of Elijah about 750 BC and that was astonishing it demonstrated that Ahab had met his match in a man that trusted God if we trust God anybody believe if we trust God he will do what we have prayed he, <laughs> he will do what we have prayed so before that God promised this woman in Zarephath because of her faithfulness to the prophet that her barrel of meal shall not waste neither shall the cruise of oil uh, <clears throat> fail it's not going to it's not going to fail until the rain finally comes he said so inexplicably and that is scientifically oil continued to appear it was a miracle from that time until the rains begin to fall how many knows that god knows how to take care and to intervene on our behalf so she blessed god's plans and god blessed her with a miracle amidst the miracles of elijah one stands out the most i think and that is the fire falling from heaven you have to uh, admit that fire falling from the sky is rather rare rain is one thing but fire is another but when you face spiritual opposition and evil spirits or a world in rebellion to god you too can know that god is in control he is able to pour out fire from heaven and you do not need to doubt God at any time. He cares for you in your darkest hour. And the greatest need you will ever have is the spirit of the living God in your life. You need to quit praying for things and praying for the will of God. Could we do that right now? I'm almost done. Father, we need your will and your purpose in our lives, and we thank you for it. Now, 
We come to Elisha. Elisha received a double portion. Everyone say double portion. So the miracles were twice the number. A widow's oil was multiplied into vessels. Said, go sell these vessels. And the oil just kept filling. Bring as many vessels as you bring. I'm going to fill them up. So in other words, Elisha saw. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. Someone said the next generation is going to fail. No, the next generation can have everything that this generation has if it puts its confidence in God. If we trust God. Now, if we sell it for the trinkets of the world, well, then, then you truly are in trouble. The Shunammite, the, the woman, uh, uh, the Shunammite woman, we'll just call her that for now, in 2 Kings, uh, and her husband uh, <clears throat> lost their son after Elisha came. And Elisha raised their son. So, so what Elijah's ministry did, then suddenly you begin to see other miracles and another dead son is raised. The, even the axe head in chapter 6 begin to swim. In other words, God caused an iron axe head to start swimming so that they could find it. Why? Because God wanted to do a miracle. And the captain of the Syrian army named Naaman was cured of leprosy by dipping in the muddy Jordan. And, and all of Syria heard the name of Elisha because the will of God was done. But, and indicating, of course, that there's never a dull moment with God. The apostle Peter called it joy unspeakable. Anybody thankful for the joy of the Lord? Even a single portion of God's intervention is inspiring. Whatever you need, Jesus said, pray for it and ask God, give us this day our daily bread. Anybody got a need tonight? Before we're done, I want us to pray right now. Father, I thank you because you can provide every need. I pray for every grandbaby, every son, every daughter. I pray for neighbors. I pray for needs. I pray for jobs. I pray for the sick. And I ask, oh God, that you will provide for your church, Lord, every need that we have. And if it's not a need, you already know that. Just brush it aside but lord we come to you with our needs now and let's not forget second king six god sent an army of angels to surround elisha and i'm telling you tonight i don't care who you are or what you think about it god has an army of angels that work on behalf of his people they push back the syrian army in dothan and then the bible says Elisha prayed, Lord, strike them blind. I mean, as though it weren't bad enough. I mean, a blind army, folks, that's, you talk about things that are worthless. You think of all the things that are worthless. A blind army. And that story, I mean, that, we haven't even begun that story, but we're going to end it right there. Because Elisha trusted in God's power. Let's stand. We're going to close with Daniel. Let's conclude with Daniel and the children of Israel in exile. In other words, all Israel was taken into exile. That means they were taken prisoners. Do you know that God is with you wherever you are? Does anybody know that? In all circumstances. In Daniel 3, the Hebrew boys Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to worship the Babylonian image of Nebuchadnezzar. And they were to die in a furnace. They were in a foreign land. But instead of burning, they were delivered. Everybody say praise the Lord. The fire couldn't even burn them. Now you say, that's ridiculous. Yes, it's very ridiculous. And it made the devil very mad. But it happened. There were four in the fire. Now, not just three. They threw in three, but God was in the midst of the fire with them. And the answer is yes. You can survive the lion's den. 
When God intervenes, you can accomplish anything. You don't have to say, oh, thank God for COVID because that would be crazy. But you can say, thank God that you're God in the midst of COVID. You may be facing lions of trouble, but God is still God. So I want us to pray right now that God will be with others and with our own families in the midst of difficulties all around us. Can we lift our hands right now? Lord, we ask for help in time of trouble. Lord, I know that you're the God that helps us in all of our circumstance. Turn back the illness I pray and bring healing i pray that minds will come back lord that have been troubled i pray that hearts that have been stirred lord and filled with trouble or even corruption i pray that it will come back lord to a clean heart stop the mouths of destruction the lions that would tear and destroy the evil that's about us so that truth can go forward lord that's my prayer bring blessing for truth in the dens of babylon for your glory Lord, in a Babylonian world of sin, I pray that righteousness, I pray my own heart, Lord, will find righteousness. I pray my neighbor will be saved. I pray my city will feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the glory of God. Lord, as long as we're in the old world below, go with us every step of the way because we are giving you praise. And Lord, most of all, like you did with Elisha that day, open the eyes that they may see that they are more with us than be with them and we give you praise put your hands together and let's praise God for it right now hallelujah hallelujah Lord we thank you because you can intervene on our behalf and we praise you for it Praise God. I feel like miracles are happening. Can we just thank God for it right now? Lord, I feel like Sister French has been touched by your hand right now. I feel an anointing and strength. Lord, I praise you. Thank you for the group that's here. And But many, many are not able to be here. I pray that they can join us shortly. Lord, I pray that faith will come and that discouragement will flee. Lord, give us hope, Lord. Give us peace, Lord. <laughs> hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. All right. Well, I preach my soul. The Lord, uh, the Lord is wanting us to consider that he can do anything in any circumstance. And he is worthy of it. Can you say praise the Lord? God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Now, don't shake hands, but greet one another. If you uh, get your mask on, whatever you need to do to feel comfortable and safe. But let's be cautious, but let's be friendly and greet one another. You're dismissed. God bless you, each and every one.